and welcome to TBR Spotlight from the Big Review Ski, your companion podcast to the Fast and Furious Saga. My name is Owen, and a word of warning, folks, it's going to be an emotional one today. We've turned the final corner, we're on the home straight, and we can see the finish line up ahead. Thankfully, though, I won't be driving off into the sunset alone, as I'm so happy to be joined by two people I'm proud to call my brothers, my usos, my family. One's a former federal officer who's been in deep cover for five years and knows every way you're going to come for him. Jeez. The other's a professional criminal, yeah, I know. He's escaped prison twice and has spent half his life on the run. Rory Cashin and Gary Carl, are you ready for one last ride? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I'm delighted to hear it. Happy days. That was the answer I was hoping I was going to get. I don't know which of you is the federal officer and which of you has spent half of your life on the run. But, uh, any preferences? I do. Yeah, I probably, I probably be the undercover one. I feel, I feel that would be. You already one. sound knackered. You're like, yeah. I don't want to do any more of my life on the run. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Plus, it just kind of it evokes imagery of like being under a nice duvet. You know. Oh, yeah. undercover, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's one version of being undercover for five years. Where's Rory? Oh, no, he's clinically depressed and he's under, under his actual duvet for, for five years. Um, and Gary, so that means you're okay with being a professional criminal, yeah? That'll do, that too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's a bumper episode, car pun intended, mm-hmm. but Rory, what was our movie mission this week for our final episode? Yeah, jeepers. So it was uh, Furious 7, The Fate of the Furious and Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Um, turns out they're all they're all lengthy movies. So, so it was a, a gargantuan undertaking, and I'm so proud of each and every one of us for for having done it. Mm-hmm. We do have, however long this episode is going to be, to break down over six hours of of cinema. Um, more maybe. Uh, so I'm very excited to, just to get to get right into it. But I, uh, I am most excited because, Gary, this is where it all starts to fall into place in terms of the, chrono- the chronological order. <laughs> I thought you were going for it. This is where it all starts to fall apart. <laughs> fall apart. Yeah, it's like once again, we must ask too much of you, Gary, because on previous weeks it has been uh, two films per episode. But this week, as Roy said, the gargantuan undertaking of three. Gary, is it possible to have too much of a good thing? <laughs> that we're about to <laughs> we're about to find out. Um, how are you feeling after these three installments, Gary? Well, um, I'm at the finish line now, so I'm feeling extremely relieved. Mm. Um, and I'm feeling a bit out of pocket. I actually had to buy the, the, the eight one, so. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> cost me uh, three ninety nine. Yeah, Imagine having to pay for it. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I presume like uh, people paid a lot more money when they ever they went to see it in the cinema. But if you would uh, send any receipts to Rory Cash, and he <laughs> I'll is, forward uh, him to Vin, par- no problem. <laughs> yeah, straight on, straight on to Vin Diesel. I mean, those guys do have uh, the money to pay for it. But Rory, a wee bit of context because we're back in 2015. Then uh, Furious Seven slash Fast and Furious Seven. Where are we? What's going on? Because uh, we've previously had The Rock introduced in number five. Yes. And then as a bad guy, The Rock turned good guy uh, in number six, knowing that the only team he can get to help him out with his mission is obviously Dom's uh, Dom's gang. And now here we are uh, at number seven, still pre-2015. 
Tokyo Drift, I think. Sort of. Aren't we? <laughs> sort of. So, so the, the, closing, the closing kind of scene of six, the post credit scene was set in Tokyo, and we see that the car that crashed into Han and killed him, in air quotes, uh, was being driven by Jason Statham. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to kill you all. You better, you better watch out, you guys. Dominic Toretto. You don't know me. You're about to. And then we go to the start of Seven, and Jason Statham has completely wrecked a hospital. Um, for reasons I'm not fully... Was it to visit his brother? I, I wrote down in my notes, um, he's absolutely destroyed a hospital because he loves his brother. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I'm not too sure what was going on there. Yeah. So we see his brother is Owen Shaw, who uh, survived falling out of the crashing plane in six. Didn't float down like Gal Gadot did, but did no, no. hit the ground pretty hard. But he's alive. And Jason Statham's mad about that. He's mad his brother survived. So he's going to get revenge <laughs> on the people who didn't kill him. Um, which includes bombing someone's house with a small child in it, which was quite the way to get people's attention. Um, and he also killed Han, and that's how we know they're, they're in trouble, you guys. It's trouble. Because we've seen Jason Statham pop up at the end of the sixth one, and now he's the big bad uh, in this. And, you know, as we'll get to, he'll obviously be popping up um, in the future films as well. But, Rory, you had a chance to talk to him. Yes. Uh, the first of our big guests on today's episode of TBR Spotlight, Jason Statham, about his amazing action scenes. Yeah, he uh, he has a, a checkered history with kicking people in the head in his movies. Sometimes sharks too, but mostly people. Um, and in this case, he was very excited to be a part of this particular franchise. You can tell he's having a ball in it uh, and having a lot of fun with the the action stuff and just being kind of a good guy and kind of a bad guy over the course of it. But I'll let him explain it more in detail because they're actually his words and he's the famous person uh, that you probably want to listen to instead of me. And that's fine. Those type of big special effects elements are... More often than not, quite boring because you know no one's throwing you know incredible chimney stacks down on us. Sure. If they do, it's like you know pieces of polystyrene covered in you know brown paint that's made to look like a brick. Yeah. So it's quite uneventful. So uh, you really have to try and sort of dig deep in your pretending bag uh, and make that seem a little more scary than it actually is. But you know we're we kind of uh, dab hands at that now. We uh, we know what it's gonna be, so we try and have a good imagination and try and figure out you know a facial expression <laughs> that will go with uh you know getting buried under you know 20 tons of rubble so guy for you um Roy, thank you for that no completely problem. clear uh, succinct <laughs> uh, summary of the opening of the film uh but guy for you as Roy said is this starting to make sense in terms of like okay so we're slightly before tokyo drift and then it seems Almost simultaneously, as Jason Statham is crashing into Han uh, in Tokyo, this mysterious box, what's in the box, has been delivered to the Toretto's household. So where, how was this for you guys, just like piecing all of these pieces together? I was almost a bit confused. I'd watched the wrong movie there as Rory was giving his opening synopsis. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I found that the opening was very Snatch-like in the edit. Mm. Did you find that? Yeah. Just, to, yeah, it was good. Give um, Jason Statham the proper intro. It started off, there was a drag race as well, uh, and Letty wins. Um, 
ends up punching the other fella. Yep. Uh, and all 40,000 people there at the venue <laughs> stop and gasp. <laughs> Which um, was great. And then, then it cuts to a scene with The Rock in the office. Uh, and he's sweating, stamping uh, files of captured people. Uh, so even the stamps he uses are 50 kg kettlebells. <laughs> then uh, Statham shows up. And they fight and... The rock lands on a car with a girl. Uh, and then it cuts to Dom's package exploding. So. <laughs> Guys, have you made notes like this for the whole film? Because <laughs> I'd happily sit here and just sit back and relax and listen to you tell the story. Well, I actually have a list of notes for all eight of them so far. <laughs> I think we need to publish these. Uh, basically, forget the director's commentary when you're watching the film. Just read Gary's notes. So you're right. I did. Like we had mentioned the rock's uh, sweatiness in in previous episodes. Yep. Um, again, we have put that down to the just high climate temperatures of Rio. But as we said, even when in the office and stamping paperwork and admin, um, he just gets incredibly moist as well. But uh, yeah, so Jason Statham obviously turns up. He's blown up. He's attacked. Toretto's at their family home uh, where Dom lives with uh, Mia, his sister uh, Brian, his best pal slash brother-in-law and uh, their baby Jack, as we said, named after the apparatus you use to lift a car because they love cars in case anybody hadn't noticed yet Um, and there's a nice little uh, hint at stuff to come as well whenever uh, Brian is telling his son he's like, cars don't fly and you're like, okay Okay, maybe there might be a bit of car flying later on in the film. But yeah, this um, very violent, great fight between um, The Rock and Jason Statham to open it. But then you don't put The Rock in the hospital, but obviously this guy can. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's... See, okay, so there's a lot of background noise going on around uh, The Rock and Vin Diesel. I think this is where it started to properly raise its head because now we're going to... like asterisk this to death with reportedly and allegedly and i'm not (laughs) saying this this is stuff that is like on the internet but i think vin as the producer was getting a little bit jealous that the rock was slowly becoming the real star of the fast and furious movies so for this one he has one final start then he's in hospital for the entire film until (laughs) the end when he picks up a gun from a helicopter and kind of just shoots one thing at the end uh so you can see he's like uh, you have to wonder whether or not that was down to what maybe the rock had something else on and he's like listen like i can be in it but not much or if it was more to do with vin being like right we're gonna have to just sideline you a bit because i'm i'm the hero of, of fast and furious and then in the middle of all that in the middle, like the, they were halfway done filming the movie, and then Paul Walker died in real life in an actual car crash, uh, and all, his scenes weren't completely done. Um, what's her name? Jordana Brewster hadn't done any of her scenes, and all of her scenes are with him. So she said it was super weird coming on to do scenes opposite uh, the stand-ins, who were basically his brothers, or there was another stunt guy who looked a bit like him. And then they got uh, Weeda, who's like Peter Jackson's special effects company, to come on. They uh, they did like Gollum and uh, the Caesar monkey from Planet of the Apes to 
superimposed Paul Walker's actual face into the finished product. But it's funny, like I was sitting there watching it for this uh, run through and it is, you, there are particular scenes where you're like, that's where he's not there. I can see it. And he is here for this one, but he's not here for that scene. It's like, I'd say he did all of his talking scenes and then none of the action scenes. Yeah, this was like, obviously, like this doesn't happen too often whenever they're making major blockbuster um, films in Hollywood. But there was this tragic accident, obviously. I still remember it, like the, the kind of the day, like the news was just completely dominated by um, Paul Walker's uh crash that he was involved in and i wonder guy like i know we were obviously joking about the films uh, as we've been watching them and all but did you know that this moment was coming that like paul walker had actually died during filming no uh, no no i all. didn't and i i did, i read up on it on it afterwards after watching it but um i didn't notice that it wasn't him for certain parts of the movie uh but it did bring like a weird thing i didn't know who paul walker was do you know, I'd heard of him, but I didn't know what he looked like before watching these movies. But I did have a big old lump in my throat at the end of it. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, it was awful. And then, then reading up about Vin Diesel has ad- adopted his child. Did, is that oh, real? In, in real in, life? In real life? Yeah. Oh, right, right. Like, very, very possibly. I'm not 100% sure on yeah, that, apparently. but it, it does seem like, because in, in real life, they... They definitely were uh, incredibly close yeah. as well, and so I, I know like all the, all the you know the kind of the chat around family, and as we said, rewatching the very first film, uh, it was like oh kudos to them, they actually did plant that seed of family way back there. It wasn't just um, kind of this additional idea that they started putting in in later films. Um, so you do get the impression that a lot of them, this core group, were very close, uh, especially, and then as you said, the lump in the throat. It really does. Um, kind of the way this particular film pans out as well uh, and the decision that they made to do it in terms of the reshoots with his brothers, with the stunt people um, because they've done things like this in other films, you know, like in the social network Army Hammer uh, obviously played his own twin um, with his face superimposed on somebody else's body and things like this but I, I, do, I do wonder um, the way that they've, they've gone with the series because I, I think am I right in saying, Roy, they haven't like Paul Walker uh, or Brian O'Connor, he, he's still alive within the universe of Fast and Furious. They just they sent him off to settle down uh, with Mia, uh, with Jack, and she was pregnant, uh, another kid on the way. So I think they've just said, and even, I think it's one of the later films, they kind of, uh, number eight, they say, oh, what about when we get Brian involved? They're like, no, leave him alone. He's fine. So he's still alive uh, and present. Yeah, yeah, he's still, he is still a part of it. Like there's, like you said, yeah, there's a line in eight where, I think Tyrese's, Tyrese says uh, Brian wouldn't know what to do and they're like no we're, not, we're, we're leaving them out they're, sat, they're happily settled down with their family now it would be curious to see in F9 because we know Jordana Brewster's back how they're going to explain why she's back but Paul Walker isn't Um, so yeah he is the character is still alive for sure Uh, but yeah like it was it's it was unprecedented like there was talk of just completely scrapping the film entirely uh, there was talk of recasting um, Paul Walker's character, someone else, and redoing all his all his scenes. But then, I think the the way they went with it was the best possible route because you do feel like the film is, especially at the end. I know it comes up saying for Paul, but like it does feel like the perfect swan song for him because you know how much he loved these films and how much he loved working with Vin and and everyone in it. Um, 
and they did it in a kind of it's weird to say this about the Fast and Furious, but they they did it in a kind of classy way to yeah. send him off. And I thought it was actually and I I remember seeing it in the cinema and I was bawling at the final scene. Um and rewatching it again, I was like, I know it's coming, it's gonna be fine, and I'm gonna be fine. But no, rewatching it again, I was like, huh? This is so sad. He's so young. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So and and you can see an eight, and I will get to it. But like Scott Eastwood really does feel like we need a Paul Walker person here. And you're like, you're not Paul Walker. Get out of here. We, we don't want you here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I think they, especially for the action scenes and stuff. It's it is mostly seamless, but it, there is just it's like ninety five percent of the way there. But there is in certain scenes where you're like I can see it. I can tell this is one of those scenes where he actually wasn't here. Yeah, it is really interesting though to hear Gary that you watching it like completely oblivious to this, like didn't um didn't kind of pick up on on those kind of like those little five percent maybe that Rory's talking about. And I agree, like I thought they did it in a in a really lovely way where all the main kind of core characters get to say their goodbye to him from the beach as they watch him. Um, yeah, and again, lump in the throat stuff, definitely, 100%. You. That's where he belongs. Home. Where he's always belonged. Things are gonna be different now. Apart from that massive, well, those two massive stories, because the Vin and the Rock kind of, um, uh, what, like, kind of conflict starting to come to a head here during the film, uh, as well as Paul Walker's uh, tragic death in real life. But in terms of the film, um, the other, they start to introduce a lot of other elements. Well, first of all, there's a, a blast from the past. It's Boswell from Tokyo Drift, um, the main character. Uh, he's back. Uh, and I was wondering, did they reshoot these or did they film these? No, they, but they, they obviously brought him back to film now for Furious 7. And is it, you were saying previously, Rory, he's actually signed up for more as well. well he's def- he and uh, Twinkie <laughs> are back in <laughs> 9 for definite. I don't know about beyond that, but I do know he is back in 9. Uh, but yeah, I like after Han is killed and they go over to Japan for the drag race that we see at the end of Tokyo Drift that he wins, and then Dom and that dude are, are chatting through things. Don't know, like did he did he need to go over for that to to find out he was definitely dead? No, <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure he's definitely dead? But he did. He did go back, as we said, to get those belongings and the uh, yeah. the the magical crucifix that's been running its way through <laughs> all, all the films as well. Yeah, I guess. I just yeah. I guess it was just more of a. It was another example of like this is still our Avengers esque universe. Remember this guy? He's here for a scene. I'm like, I don't really remember him, but sure, why not? <laughs> um, I like. I know it actually sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm like negging on this film, but I, I, I really love this one. <laughs> I think oh, seven's this, great. Seven and well, I mean, we we'll get to this, but seven and eight, I just have have a ball watching these now, Gary. Um, 
I have a couple of questions. I'm Ooh. kind of eager to get back to your notes. Oh yeah, um, because they were <laughs> they were pretty pretty entertaining. Because um, I one of my favorite scenes out of all the Fast and Furious films is this. Uh, I'm calling it the car shoot scene, um, yep. where a bunch of cars jump out the back of a plane, essentially. And I was just rewatching this, and I was like, "This is just it looks amazing." And I'm wondering, Gary, <laughs> I want to do this. Can cars do this? Can they jump out of the back of planes? Yeah, and land safely with their parachutes and obviously perform uh, an elaborate heist on the back of a mountain road. But uh, it's basically, if this is possible to do in real life, I want to give it a go. I, I think it is possible. I, will- um, I think they did something like that in Top Gear where they had a car dissembled in a crate and they dropped it out of a uh, plane uh, via parachute and in the middle of a desert and they had to rebuild the car then and drive back to some city. I don't... I. I I would assume it's possible, but what wasn't possible was there was a part, a scene where Brian is trying to steer the car yes. in the air. Yeah, that. Uh, oh, yeah. That's not how gravity works. I don't think that works. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, however, is impossible. But, um, <laughs> a shoot is possible, I would say. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there's only one way to find out i guess uh, i'll be back in a wee while yeah no I, I i love this scene from uh the entire like the way they set up the scene you don't know where the guys are they're obviously talking in their cars but they're not driving anywhere it's dark and then the back of the plane opens the next thing they're out in the air um and obviously again tyrese gibson as ever doing his job i feel like of bringing the comic relief and i kind of feel and interestingly it comes later in the film but i kind of feel that tyrese gibson uh in a way can probably look at somebody like Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart's style of humor and go, now listen, I was doing this before you came on the scene, Kevin Hart. And interestingly, Kevin Hart, who I completely forgot about, pops up um, uh, later on in the series. But even just the way he delivers things and his style of humor and stuff, it was like, no, this is the part that Kevin Hart has now, uh, you know, made millions off for himself. But I I loved him in this scene because there's lovely little comedy beats, even when the rest of them are like, touchdown baby and landing on the road you just see in the background like this little car just like floating on a parachute away and him screaming and i was like i just love this scene so much and it's cl- it's clearly cropped because it's held up by a crane yeah <laughs> don't it never once it shows the power parachute there's no crane on the plane it's all real and this is the scene as well where uh is it uh gmon hanso is is oh, introduced yeah. as uh like Oscar winner I think <laughs> is is brought on uh as another villain because the film just didn't have enough bad guys as it was and also is it Tony Jaa from The Raid yes and Paul Walker kicks Tony Jaa's ass because that's how <laughs> that would go yeah. um <clears throat> yeah this sequence I, I between because you like the parachuting down that's an, sorry the parachuting down that's enough and then there's the car chase that's enough. And then there's the 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 super armored bus with the side machine guns. And yes. You're like, that's enough. And then there's the fight scene on the bus, and then there's the bus crashing off the side of the cliff that Michelle Rodriguez skids into saving. And then there's Vin Diesel purposefully. No, then there's the chase with Jason Statham down the side of a cliff. And then there's Vin Diesel purposefully crashing his car with. Uh, Natalie Emmanuel, I think is her name. Yeah, from Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. Uh, and I was like, that's one. That was one action sequence, and that was 
not even halfway through the film. It's like, this is ridiculous. I love this so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely huge. I actually, I had written down at the time, I was like, this is the stupidest, (laughs) most amazing thing I think I've ever seen uh, in my life. We we forgot to mention, of course, the guy who's getting them to, to go on this hunt uh for this uh special MacGuffin, this piece of equipment that they're looking for is none other than kurt russell the amazing uh kurt russell hollywood legend who just comes in and he seems like he doesn't give a flying fuck about no. anything yeah. he's just having the best of crack and just uh smiling his way through every single scene so it was brilliant to see him pop up as this kind of shadowy uh government uh agent as well who just seems to be pulling strings right left he's just center. nick fury they're just that's it yeah he's the next yeah, fury of this. it's just uh it was originally supposed to be denzel washington but they didn't uh the the schedules clashed and then it was going to be halle berry and then it, it turned into kurt russell but they you know they all would have worked but i'm very happy with kurt i think he brings a certain swarminess uh that is just very enjoyable all all the way through um especially when he when he pops up at the next one but yeah, like that action sequence is a joke. It's a joke of an action sequence. And it's not, like I said, not even halfway. Probably didn't even make it into the trailer. <laughs> because in terms of the action for this one, am I right in saying, is this the one where they go to Abu Dhabi then as well? Yeah, this is the one where they jump between <laughs> two of the tallest buildings in the world in a car, in a really fast car. Oh, because, yeah, if you thought, um, you know, that was the action all done for this one. So, Gary, any other insights into, like, how this film was progressing, like, after the this mountainside uh, action scene that contained at least 14 other action scenes within it? Yeah, I thought the, the scene in the, was it Abu Dhabi? Um, it, it felt like the runway part two, because the buildings, the car seemed to be driving through the building for quite a while yep. before crashing into the next one. Yep. Uh, and the scene before that where Dom is lifting up the car uh, like a jack, that was um, super impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to a scene, I think I think it might be after the Abu Dhabi scene, where it cuts to a sunrise on a desert. And I'm not joking, for about two seconds, I thought it was Dom's head appearing behind the table. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was like, oh, wait, that's a sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the actual sun the center of our solar system ah yeah not not Vin Diesel's head popping yeah. up there <laughs> this particular part of I, I I enjoyed it there was one particular line that came in where Dom was saying uh whenever he was chatting everybody's like my guys are racers they're the best drivers in the world and then he leaves like this dramatic pause he's like but they're not killers and you're like Dom. Dom. Just FYI, Dom. <laughs> just Dom. You and your family have killed so many people. There's quite a lot uh, of collateral damage in your way. Al- along the way here. But this seems like obviously they went to Abu Dhabi where there's this uh they just absolutely love their their incredible sports cars mm. here. Uh but I think there's probably just tax breaks as well, like all the other countries that they go and film in as well. But it seemed like they were just having a ball here like they all get dressed up to the nines tuxedos glamorous glitzy gorgeous dresses as well and then like just yeah racing around the desert like they just their answer to everything is just to, well we drive there lads well we all drive there <laughs> we, they never carpool it's just it's always well we all have an individual car please so they don't care about the future of the world for jack and the other babies who pop up later as well it's like nah lads car each let's do it <laughs> Yeah, there's not, not a lot of uh, not a lot of electric engines in uh, in their in their universe, and I do like I love that even in a situation where you think a car shouldn't be, 
like in a skyscraper, they've still found a way to put the world's most expensive car there. Um, <laughs> and then Ronda Rousey's there as well, isn't she? And then Michelle oh, Rodriguez, because yeah. yeah. like I said, film didn't have enough baddies, so more, bring them all on. And they have a big scrap. And then, yeah, Jason Statham arrives. And I do remember thinking, there's a bit where they're driving around the the party. Now, I've never been, to be fair, I've never been to an Abu Dhabi party, so I don't know the layout of these rooms. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. They seem to have no problem just driving around rooms in a hotel room. But I do remember they were driving one direction, and then Jason Statham pops out of the elevator, and I was like, I've got a rocket launcher, surprise, man. And instead of them just running him over, they skid and decide to drive out the window into the terracotta army in the building next door. And I was like, would you not just to hit him with the car while he was there? Instead of potentially being shot with a rocket launcher as you're jumping into the next building. Because that seems more dangerous. <laughs> but remember, they're not killers. They're racers. They're the best drivers in the world. We just said they're not killers. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> Uh, so this incredible scene where Jason Statham rock, rocks up to obviously just end uh, Dom and his family as well. But uh, I love the way logic, well, again, logic goes out the window. Yeah. But uh, Dom and uh, Deckard Shaw have this hand-to-hand combat basically whenever they confront each other. And, you know, you get this mixture of all the films. Like you said, Ronda Rousey feels like, oh, well, she's obviously the Bond-style lead hench person. Um, and then uh, they've obviously taken riffs of Oceans films, Bourne films, everything as well. But this felt very Star Wars where the two guys pick up like, not lightsabers, but they pick up like car tools. And then it's even like, you know, Jewel of the Fates from The Phantom Menace whenever the music is like, and they throw in a choir and all. And these two guys are absolutely uh, taking lumps out of each other. Uh, as you had previously mentioned, Gary, it's at the end of the, the previous one, number six, whenever they introduce uh, Jason Statham is like, oh, another bald macho man. <laughs> here, here we go. But this is the, the part where they actually finally uh, get to go head to head. Um, but yeah, what did you think about uh, the climax of the film, Gary? Uh, just before we get to our uh, our beat scene, whenever, oh, well, who turns up? The Rock does turn up again, as you said. Right? Yeah, he cracks out of his cast. <laughs> his cast. Yeah, it's just great. I thought, like, that's a great little... That, like, Daddy's got to go to work and then pop out of his own broken arm cast. That's great. Dad, what's going on? Daddy's got to go to work. I'm just reading my notes here. I love that you've got so many notes. I'm I'm actually confused by my own notes. I uh, I can't make out what movie this is from. <laughs> I don't know what I'm reading here, honestly. Uh the rock breaks plaster to Paris with his big man muscles. Yeah. That's this one. That was one. Okay. Cars have taken a back seat in the movie. That's what I felt. <laughs> nice. Right. <laughs> and then Dom stomps foot and says the street always wins. <laughs> yeah, that was a cheesy line that stood out to me. Um, but yeah, I did feel, I felt Cars had taken somewhat of a backseat uh, in this movie and that it was going more towards unrealistic um, events and action. And, and it was no longer starting to be about Cars and racing. I know that it happened, it, it started weaning itself to that stage, but now it 
really felt like it's it's more furious than fast. Ooh. I don't know. Mm, interesting. No? Yeah, cars have taken a backseat, maybe in the same way as DVD players have <laughs> since <laughs> since the first one as well. It's like, guys, you're forgetting what this was all about uh, from yeah. the very start. But yeah, no, it definitely feels like, well, presumably Rory, they, because they knew they were on to like a, a winning formula here, they were like, no, this is, we've moved on to these brand new levels of action film blockbusters here so we can leave the like the cars can still look amazing mm-hmm. they can still do incredible things but they're not the those drag races and those race wars are not the focus of these huge blockbuster films now. yeah like i think yes definitely for this one the the finale was less car centric um i do appreciate that vin diesel seemed to know the the, the tensile strength of broken concrete in the car park just well enough that if he stamped it in a position just just right, it would only collapse. Now, I would have thought if you stamped the ground where you're standing, that's the bit that would collapse, not the bit where <laughs> someone else is standing. Mm-mm. But he seemed to know better about the ar- archaeology or architecture behind that particular car park structure. Um, <laughs> which Convection was, currents. Which was, which was its own thing. And th- yeah, like the final fight in this was just a bit bonkers because it was him and Statham and then it was The Rock was fighting a helicopter. I think with Digimon Hanzo, yeah. and then yeah. everyone else was just kind of driving around in a circle, <laughs> waiting for stuff to happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it was. Yeah, I, I do remember at the time, and again watching it this time, it's like that ending wasn't. It felt like it was small compared to what we'd seen earlier in this film, and small compared to ending like the endless runway or the bank heist. So it did feel yeah. a bit weird, the ending to this film. Uh, but considering everything that had come before it, um, it didn't it didn't like ruin it for me. I just thought it was a bit kind of messy or something. Yeah, and maybe it was a conscious decision to kind of ease up on the action at the end because the the kind of the final uh, or the final kind of shots that we see, you have Deckard obviously going to jail. Uh, in his jumpsuit and he's locked up and you're like okay that's grand he's inevitably they haven't got rid of him they haven't killed him off so he's inevitably coming back at some point potentially and then obviously the decision um that the team producers vin diesel uh the writers all took to to have this kind of final special scene like kind of on on the beach as well but as we said earlier it's like yeah no i never thought and never dreamt in a million years that a fast and furious film would be ending and i would actually be emotional uh watching it but yeah i guess uh here we are <laughs> that's that's what happens at the end but th- did you have any special notes uh, towards the end of the film gary uh the last thing i wrote was letty conveniently remembers everything when it suits her <laughs> <laughs> typical typical woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do have yeah, uh, that <laughs> around i do because didn't is this the one where they get like secretly married just the two of them oh yes so they, they they mention it and it's an amazing flashback where he's wearing his special marriage version of his of his vest yep. and his trousers where it's all white <laughs> his formal it's vest. Like, i need i need i need my formal marriage version of my of my sleeveless top outfit so there was a vestido <laughs> Ooh, uh there was han was supposed to be in that marriage scene he was meant to be the witness but i think they oh. cut him out, and I, that's for the best because it would have just confused everything even more. Oh, be so <laughs> but we were also supposed to get a scene with Gal Gadot in this movie, but it was cut. <gasps> she apparently was the one who found Michelle Rodriguez after 
the car crash, the explosion oh, thing in right. Fast and Furious, and then kind of brought her, I guess, somewhere, and then was taken over by Owen Shaw. Uh, it still doesn't explain to me what they buried in Fast and Furious, because they were all at the funeral with the coffin. Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, so that actually would have been an extra scene with someone else in there. But again, probably more confusing again, because she did float off into the night at the end of the sixth one. That's, that's true. It would have been very confusing to see either her or Han or both of them at that point. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I like, and there's just so many people in this film already, and the timeline is just starting to make sense. So muddying it up by giving two different flashbacks to two different dead people at two different points of the Fast and Furious history, I think would have exploded a lot of people's brains. So I'm uh, I'm happy that they actually left those two out uh, for yeah, this one. felt slightly OTT, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, for the Fast and Furious uh, franchise. Just um, when you mentioned about um, who, who el- or what did they bury yeah. in the previous scene, <laughs> it reminded me a bit of uh, my dad was listening to the radio one day and he goes, um, Gary Adjis, this guy, just say John O'Neill, I can't remember his name. It's like, poor John from Hurler's Cross passed away. I must go out to his funeral. But my dad was only over from for about a week from him. He lives in America. Um, so I said, oh, I'll bring you to the funeral. So we ended up going to this wake. Um, we were standing at the back of the room. My dad was like, geez, he lost an awful lot of weight. And the woman was like, ah, he was always kind of thin. Anyway, long story short, we went to the church and everything. And it turned out two days later, my dad bumped into the fella that he thought was buried there two days previously. So we just went to some random person's funeral. <laughs> oh, oh, he, he looks so different and I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> At least your dad didn't do what uh, Vin Diesel does in this film. Doesn't he attack like the, the grave with um, with a sledgehammer at one point as well? He, he, te- he goes to, yeah. yeah. He's like, this. this she's the, not dead. And then Michelle Rodriguez is like, no. That, he might that have woman done that. Is was... dead. This is a, this is the new lady. But then she's the, <laughs> the old lady man. again at the end because she remembers. Uh, yeah, and then and they they especially make it clear. I think it's it's a combination of this film. She begins to not remember anything, and then suddenly, as you say, Gary, she remembers everything. And then there's those like key flashbacks, and it's like, but yeah, listen, I don't know how amnesia works. I forget how amnesia works. Maybe that's exactly uh, what happens. But I think we've covered. All of the main stuff for um, Furious 7. So are we pens at the ready? We're going to get straight into the quiz. That absolutely no one. There are three of these today. So I'm going to keep them so What's the quiz called again? Gary. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. That'll kill an hour. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be fast with your answer or you'll be furious because the other person got in there before you. And now look, they've won the quiz quiz thank you gary if you ever need another reminder just let me know <laughs> oh my god i can't believe there's three of these my today oh my god three of these listen they're gonna yeah. be so snappy uh rory and gary have you got your buzzers ready for the if, if you i prefer if you have different buzzers all the time but you can just do the one buzzer for the three if you want it's tough to come make up some. with unique uh, <laughs> unique amazing buzzers. Okay. okay well gary what are you going for uh, i for go the for the old one? hand fire oh <laughs> nice hand fire. Okay. i did that I my uh my mock oral for my Leaving, sir. I am um, was sweaty. I was nervous, and I was rubbing my hands together, and it did that on the tape. Uh, and they they actually had to stop it and rewind it, which I don't know is legal. But I don't know if they're allowed. It happened. <laughs> yeah, <they did> it. <laughs> and I said, "Excuse me." So uh, it looked like it was genuine, <laughs> uh, uh, and I was too well, flustered to explain myself. Anyway, 
Well, you were obviously brought up very politely. You just have good manners. <laughs> um, Roy, do you also have like a flatulence-related buzzer? I don't have a flatulence one. I might just like do this, like finger clicks, like the Adam's Nice. Family. Okay, okay. Again, I know we've talked about the rocks, sweat and stuff, <laughs> but hopefully <laughs> neither of you are too... <laughs> are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Question number one for the like this, and I know apologizing to the quiz master here. Okay, so the Toretto House, which features uh, throughout a number of the films, has a numbered post box out the front. Can uh, either of you remember, or even whoever gets closest to the number? Oh, oh, uh, the Roy's first click was in there. Eighteen fifty-seven. 1857 okay and uh gary do you want to give a go and i'll just i'll try and do my answer yeah. who's closer i was gonna say 2157 2157 i can reveal that the correct answer of the toretto household is 1327 ah. rory cashin takes the first point <laughs> yeah <laughs> In your face. Well, no, and just a, a reminder, out of the six films that we've done so far in the six accompanying quizzes, it's three each, and we've three to play oh. for today, so a winner will be decided upon today. Great. You're like, I don't care, just don't care. Question number two, what is the name of Kurt Russell's mysterious government agent? Rory. Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody is correct. That's 2-0 to Rory. Question number three. What's the name of the MacGuffin Mr. Nobody wants them to track down? The special... Oh, Rory again. God's oh, eye. God. Jeez. <laughs> Gary, I don't mean to, you know, put the fear of God into you, but I don't think Rory's, Rory's here for, uh, you know, he wants to win this thing and wants to win it bad. Um, it's 3-0. That's, that's a wrap on that one. Unbelievable. Do you want to hear the final two other no. questions? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was question four in the quite simply amazing car shoot scene. Who's the only member of the family to not want to jump out? Of uh, of the plane of their own free will. Remember that, that was Mr. Tyrese. That was Roman, of course. And the last question in the first quiz was going to be true or false. I cried like a baby in the final farewell scene when Dom and Brian look at each other one last time, as Brian gives him a smile and drives off into the distance. What's the question? And the question is <laughs> <laughs> that I cried like a baby. Oh, true, false. True. No, it's true. You I said lump at the throat everything. earlier. Ah, well, Gary was lump at the throat, but I was, I, I had tears. tears. <laughs> lump at the eyeballs. What are you raging about anyway? You won the quiz. Anyway, that's that one. Furious 7, done and dusted. Right, let's hop into another car and go somewhere else. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Fate of the Furious, which technically isn't the name of this film because I was looking for Fate for ages on the TV, trying to find out where it was, and it just wasn't popping up. And then I put in The Fast and Furious 8, and there it was. So, confusion out of the way. Rory, 2017. Uh Tell us about this film. Right, so uh, Fast and Furious 7 was the first one to make over a billion at the box office, so obviously more to come. Um, Also, it was reviewed quite well as well. Uh, yeah, so this one brought in <clears throat> F. Gary Gray as the director, uh, who had previously done, I think, the Italian job with uh, both Charlize Theron and Jason Statham. Uh, and this one brings in Charlize as Cypher. And in the beginning, she has White Lady Dreadlocks, which is its own thing. Um, and they're in <laughs> Cuba. I think it's the first ever uh, major blockbuster to be filmed in Cuba since the 1950s. So, of course, it has to be Fast and Furious. 
And after a ridiculously dangerous, pointlessly, ridiculously dangerous car chase at the start that seems to be held together by a ring pull from a can of Pepsi, um, <laughs> they they run into Charlize and she's like, hey, guess what? I've got some news for you in this photograph and you're going to want to come with me the second you see this photograph. He's like, no, no way. And then he looks at the photograph and he's like, I'm off. Goodbye. Um, and he helps her steal the thing that they all kind of stole from the place in Germany at the start of the film and he turns on them and the rock's like he's turned on us can you believe it and they're like no he would never even though he quite literally actually tries to kill a few of them later on in the film (laughs) Um, and for the whole film you're trying to figure out what could it possibly be that is so that has the rock so manipulated into being a bad guy and it turns out, see, okay, so what was in the photograph? Was it your one, Elsa, Elsa Pateki from Five? Was it just her? Was it her and the baby? Because if, if someone showed me a photo of a woman and a baby, my first thought wouldn't be, well, that's mine. And I better go, go save them. <laughs> I think, I think it uh, maybe it was like the little scan picture, you know, when people, proud parents, always like show you. Sure. Oh, look, it's a little baby scan. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I imagine it was probably, uh, as you said, Elsa Pataki, Elena, um, who was briefly the love of Dom's life um, whenever Letty was dead, slash, not dead, slash, not been able to remember everything and then back in his world. Mm. Um, and then the baby. And it's like, as much as we think uh, Vin Diesel looks like either a giant sun rising in the <laughs> Abu Dhabi desert or just a big baby himself, this baby does like like just another baby. It's baby version of Baby Dome. Um, so, yeah, I imagine it, it was basically that, but maybe like with a little bit of note at the bottom, it's just, by the way, this is. This is your baby, like a meme or something. So he just gets all the information uh, in one place. But but the start of this film, as you said, uh, Cuba, I think is is how you have to. The, sorry, that's yes. the way you pronounce yeah, Cuba. How you pronounce it? But guy, I was thinking of you at the start. Two things. One was um, one of the guys said, "You make a deal." you got to live up to it. And I thought of you, like, obviously signing up for TV Horse Spotlight <laughs> sure. and all the Fast and Furious films. But, yeah, as I said, I you're almost there. <laughs> yeah, you certainly have. But the second thing was, like, because you were saying about all the beautiful cars uh, that they've wrecked along the way. Yeah. Um, but th- these amazing cars that they have in Cuba, is like, was this, like, were you like, oh, okay, I like this now. This is good. Yeah. No, I, I love classic cars. And they're, what is it? They're kind of trapped in the 50s, 60s, is it? Yeah. Uh, a lot of old Chevys and stuff that um, yeah I, I I've watched documentaries on Cuba <laughs> uh, and different uh, various car programs where they do car shows there and uh, yeah it's always amazing to see that kind of stuff it's way more resourceful than an electric car I would assume so they build it once and use it for 50 years that's the way to go 70 years yeah but, and, um, then you, and then you can rip off all the sides of it and drive it backwards and put turn a boat it into, engine in it. Yeah, put a boat engine in it. You're and explode it backwards into the ocean. I did think the opening <laughs> should have been called the Fast and the Furious. Just whenever he, he sets up like that, that massive fireball basically to help him win the race. Yeah, I see why. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's been, not a great joke, but all right. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got another one for later on. <laughs> to keep the car line, your respect is good enough for me. That was. That was a classic. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> now, would that, would that ring? I nearly got sick. The deal's a deal. You won my car. 
That ring pull thing is that is that a thing yeah i don't really know what was happening there it looked like the turbo was glowing red hot yeah and then he pulled the ring and the fuel line went onto it was that i don't i actually don't know what was going on there. <laughs> well if our resident, would have exploded yeah kind of did resident, tbr spotlight car yeah, experts doesn't know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah I'm, I'm not very mechanically minded i've change the carburetor and a head gasket and that's the extent of it <laughs> well that's that's and, two uh, more than the owner i have so yeah that's pretty much um someone who does know their way around a car and was only pretending is obviously charlie's theron because she purposefully removed part of uh her vehicle in order to trap dom as you say get him in with the picture and then basically this is the film where dominic toretto goes rogue he goes off the grid and they make him i'd say again as producer he had an absolute field day just making himself going i want to look unbelievably cool here <laughs> lots of slow motion shots walking through the smoke this huge uh black suit get up that he has whenever he's attacking the limo but there were loads of things i loved about this particular film like charlie's theron like that's an unbelievable flex move for the fast and furious films <laughs> she yeah. is out whispering Vin Diesel for the she's the like I mentioned this in the last episode she's the one for the entire film she's like what if you come work for me because I'm never going to speak over this volume and then because she's speaking so quietly Dom then shouts through most of the movie because he can't whisper (laughs) back to her the way he normally whispers back to everyone else I know family is so important to you is that really a choice you want to make because I'm ready if you are. If I pull this trigger and God knows I want to, if I killed everyone on this plane, I still couldn't get in there. Because you're a two-man fail-safe system. Since I'm alone! I got no choice! So for most of the film, he's just punching at that glass in the airplane. Uh... Yeah, it was it was funny watching someone out act Vin Diesel at the one thing he's kind of primed his career around, <laughs> and he had to go a completely other way in just being angry all the time. It was uh, it was fun watching him being completely out of his comfort zone. Yeah, and it felt like she was very um, kind of Sith Lord come to the dark yes. side. Basically, it was it was this kind of setup as well. In terms of other characters. Uh, who were introduced. We have the return of Kurt Russell as Mr. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And then, as you mentioned previously, Rory, Scott Eastwood, this is his first film. And we actually have a wee treat here because um, you had the chance to speak to the ridiculously handsome Scott yeah. Eastwood uh, a couple of years back and uh, for for this film as well. And uh, you got to chat to him about what was it like for him? Because as you said, this was kind of an element of well, Paul Walker isn't available now for the films, but we need somebody to start to fill this kind of role, uh, but also come in in a way where he can be the butt of people's jokes and he can uh, be a bit of a sidekick to Kurt Russell. But um, but yeah, what was what was uh, his edition like for it, and what was he like to chat to? Yeah, he was he was sound like he was he in real life he was he actually was friends with Paul Walker and he is friends with Tyrese Gibson, and you can kind of see in the film that the two of them have. The, the banter moments 
Um, yeah. And he isn't afraid to kind of, to act the fool like he does literally get picked up and turned sideways by the rock and pinned against the wall. <laughs> and later on in, I think, the New York sequence, when they try to harpoon <laughs> the car into place, um, he's, he's the reason why he gets away is because he breaks formation. So it's, they do the, you know, if anything goes wrong, it's because of the new guy. It's because he's not quite yeah. Paul Walker. But yeah, he is like, he's... It, like genetically superior handsomeness it's a joke but it also <laughs> sucks that he uh is a super nice guy yeah well here is uh you can actually i know this is audio only but you can just hear how handsome he is in yeah. this clip i think emotional um emotionally charged for sure uh i was very close to paul he was like a big brother to me uh as well as everybody else was extremely close to them so I think we all, everybody, it's it's emotional, you know. Uh, I can't imagine what it would be like to, you know, be doing seven of these and then doing an eighth one without him. Um, but you know what? They embraced me with open arms, uh, the whole cast, the whole crew. So uh, it, it was incredible. It was like they brought me into the family. Yeah, as you said, Rory, he's chatting about there about how close he was with Paul Walker um, anyway, and then obviously just been welcomed into, again, he uses uh, family. You know, it's, it does feel like they are all unbelievably close uh, in real life as well. This was the film where they kind of started to plant the seed of, um, like we've seen, they've used the technique of, hey, you're the bad guy in this film, and now look, you're the good guy in this film, and they did that with The Rock. But now they seem to be planting the seed for the first spin-off film for the Fast and Furious series, which we'll get to Hobbs and Shaw, um, whenever they start to put Hobbs and Shaw up against mm. each other uh, in this amazing prison scene, which is an unbelievable prison escape scene. Like, I love, love this fight um, so much. But this is the time where we're starting to go, oh, but didn't Deckard Shaw, a.k.a. Jason Statham, like, kill like some of your family and stuff and now yeah. what you're all pals with them i know they kind of kick up a wee bit of us are like i'm not working with him and then something is said and they're like okay fine i'm working with him and you're like okay <laughs> well that's that taken care of i guess yeah didn't he didn't he try to bomb your small child not too long ago <laughs> like didn't that actually happen didn't he rocket launcher at you not long ago because you didn't kill his brother like it seems a bit uh overkill but yeah, I think it was halfway through this film when they were making it and the producers were like, hang on a second. The Rock and Jason Statham have some spectacular chemistry together. Why don't we look into doing a little spin-off and Vin Diesel again, repeatedly, allegedly, reportedly, don't sue me, Vin. But he was like super mad that these two were in talks to get their own spin-off. Um, and there was supposed to be a post-credit scene because this is the first one I think since five maybe that doesn't have a post-credit scene uh and it was setting up Hobbs and Shaw and Vin Diesel didn't know about it until it was after it was filmed and he went to the producer and he was like absolutely not if you put a post-credit scene in that I'm not coming back for nine and they were like what so they pulled it out even though the film still happened so I'm not sure who won in the end but uh apparently Vin Diesel was very unhappy that uh this spin-off was happening because again it proves that he isn't really uh the star of his own show uh and then everyone else like tyrese put up a bit of a rant on instagram about it as well saying that he felt betrayed by his family member because uh, they went off to make another movie um because hobson shaw then took the release spot for fast and furious 9 
everything else got pushed back for Hobbs and Shaw. But like when you're watching the two of them in the prison sequence, like they are very funny together. They are like yeah. they genuinely do have great on screen chemistry together. Um so yeah, I was like I was very happy for this this spin off to happen. But and then the, the prison sequence. I like that if you're ever in prison, all you have to do is punch your way out and that's it. You just get out of prison. If you just punch everyone. <laughs> No bother. Uh, they do fire some incredible insults at each other. And one that kind of jumped out at me that I hadn't actually noticed before is whenever um, Shaw is describing their previous fight and The Rock comes out with this amazing line. And he's like, just you Brits rewriting history. And I was like, whoa, that's that's topical. That's amazing. Um, so I particularly uh, enjoyed that one. But Guy, what about um, any any uh, notes from this film, like Fate of the Furious, uh, following on from your description of uh, the previous film. Yes, I had a... Do you want me to go from the start? <laughs> yeah, sure. Where... Yeah, listen, why not? Okay, wait. Dom wins opening race in reverse in Cuba. Yep. Um, yeah, then I, I mentioned these few lines. Then The Rock does a hacker to intimidate little six-year-old girls. Yeah, that was a good scene. I thought that was funny. Yeah. They set that up the comedy <laughs> again, the comedy in that scene. Um, I think whenever they were talking about like all the mommies, <laughs> like the guy says, like, there are more moms than kids, way more moms. <laughs> um, and then obviously, yeah, they had that set up. Uh, they played that very well. Yep. Um, when they're introducing like a different country, they always show these lovely scenes at the start. But for some reason, Berlin looked like a war zone. What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to just start exploding everything. <laughs> I don't know. It was like filmed in 1945 or something. <laughs> um, Dirty Harry is in it. Not as impressive <laughs> as his father. That's what I wrote. <laughs> Fair. He wasn't. Yeah, he was like a, a nerdy version of his father, but he looks very like him in Dirty Harry. That's. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd never seen a, a Scott uh, Eastwood movie either. Not a lot of I don't know. I, I actually <laughs> don't know what I was going to say. Is there any other movies? <laughs> in it? Um, but uh, The Rock. Oh yeah, the state in prison fight. An EMP is an electromagnetic pulse. I took note of that. Yeah. Didn't know what it stood for. Uh and the head oh yeah, the headquarter scene when Dom kisses Charlize the bastard. Oh yeah. That scene felt very like Vin Diesel, the producer, wanted <laughs> yeah, Charlize wanted Theron to kiss, to kiss him. Yeah. It was pointless. It was absolutely ridiculous, but it was I could say that was in the trailer to be like, oh my god, maybe kissed Charlie Theron and Letty's right there, the betrayal of it all. But uh it was uh, yeah, I could see that was a real producer's note, just like what if Charlie Theron kisses Dom? <laughs> Who wrote this? Was it you, Vin? <laughs> no, I, I swear I swear to you, it wasn't me that You're the producer. <laughs> What was the story with Char- Charlize's hair? Was it for the movie or did she just decide that herself? That's a tough one to call. Um, I don't know. I know she has different hair again in F9. Yeah. Uh, in the trailer, she's got like a very short short thing going on. I think it's just whatever wig is nearby. That <laughs> yeah, she be- looked like a Galway busker. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't take her serious. <laughs> I like uh, there was pr- I liked her like lady's wardrobe of death that it was just all her drawers yeah. were open and she was like this one's for knives and this one's for guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's that's like uh you know I I can never dreadlocks don't really go with formal wear. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't go together. <laughs> or world domination. Yeah, it's like 
the equipment, you know, like the mullet. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Business on top, party at the back. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but a whole body mullet. <laughs> <laughs> a body mullet. Even though you didn't take Cypher seriously because she may have reminded you of a Galway busker, um, she is responsible for some of the most amazing moments in the Fast and Furious. Uh, I, I did think up to that point, she was definitely the best actor in all of the movies up to that point. I so far? Was, yeah, the most realistic. Well, yeah, the most believable. Not realistic, yeah. but the most believable, convincing actor up to that yeah, point. Yeah, I, I love the moment. Uh, I love the zombie, or whenever she says it's zombie time, and they get all their zombie cars. How she just somehow manages to take control of every car that's uh, driving around yeah. uh, New York uh, or wherever they are. So there was that. And then one of the darkest moments when they actually kill uh, Elena. Um, I mean, again, I know people have died in other ways, but as you said, Rory, Giselle, Gal Gadot floats off into the distance. Yep. And I know we don't necessarily see this moment, but um, it also feels like a pretty handy storytelling way of like, Dom doesn't have to keep, you know, making this difficult decision of like, who do I love more? Is it a, <laughs> like, we know he loves Letty more, but it's kind of like in a story right away, they're like, oh, well, okay, well, we could just kill Elena. Would that take care of everything? <laughs> and then give him a baby over here, which sounds completely mad up but also that's exactly what they did basically yeah plus they they uh, if you thought they were done with the importance of his crucifix ne- necklace oh my god they were <laughs> not done because it turns out it's a <laughs> tracking device as well as everything else as well as a tacky piece of jewelry uh yeah so they they used that so uh jason statham and surprise surprise uh luke evans Sat- can can make a return i was gonna say sat nativity Sat, Would that work? Satinativity. Yeah? Satinativity. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, yeah, I was trying to think of. <laughs> it's not as good as firing. Uh, it's not really. Past and Firious. And the other one I had was... Um, it's not it's as whenever, good as my joke. <laughs> it's not as good as my joke. But it was this scene whenever uh, Dominic starts to, to cry, basically, and there's like a single tear, and they linger on it for ages as it rolls down his cheek, and I was just like... Yeah, and he definitely doesn't wipe those tears, and when he turns around, his face is dry. So was he like turning his bottom <laughs> lip up, blowing him dry or something before he turned around? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just sucking them back into his eyeball, basically. <laughs> but yeah, no, I had it down, uh, basically, that I'm going to call him Dominic uh, Tiretto from now on, essentially. Um, now, Not as in good terms... As <laughs> in terms of thanks in terms of the climax i think it's the climax for this one sorry in the midst of all that we have another oscar winner just thrown in the mix helen Mirren is like dropped in as the shaw's uh like the matriarchy yeah. uh, the matriarch of the of the shaw gangster family which is again unbelievable fast eight is just like well there's charlie's Theron and <laughs> there's helen Mirren and like you know who else are you looking for like with kurt russell job done um, but we then uh, move on to this massive ice space sequence because uh, I remember Gary, I think maybe a couple of episodes back, you mentioned like, what are they going to do? Like in the future <laughs> ones, they're going to have like a submarine or a horse. And like, I think we've yet to see a horse. Yeah. But uh, yeah. this was obviously the scene where a nuclear submarine uh, appears in the place called Vladovin. Which again, presumably, Vin Diesel had a say in what they were actually calling it. It's like, I'd like my name in this place as well. Um, but yeah, what did you think about it whenever uh, the submarine started to attack? Again, their their carpool, or sorry, their non, their lack of carpool system. Yeah, that was that was a great scene. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was, wait, I'm just looking at my notes again. <laughs> I don't think I have anything 
about no the notes Marine perfect <laughs> <laughs> flawless absolutely nothing wrong with this thing yeah no i i, I thought it was pretty good so i didn't write anything about it <laughs> I liked. That's why I have so many notes. I liked when the when the rock caught a rocket and then skied it towards someone else's car. Oh, goodness, I liked when incredible. Tyrese's car went into the ice water and all he had to do was somehow unhinge his own car door to escape and then sled yeah. away. <laughs> I liked that bit. Yeah. I liked that the car seemed to be able to go faster than a submarine at top speed. <laughs> While the submarine is in water and yeah. these cars are driving across ice. Yeah. I like makes perfect sense. I liked uh, I liked a lot of the ridiculousness of this scene. I liked the scene a lot more because I thought the zombie car scene looked a bit special effectsy, too much so. Um, it was a bit like that scene from World War Z, but with cars. <laughs> but with cars. Um, yeah. but it was it was a cool idea, and I did notice all the cars they used in that scene were like really old cars that you couldn't possibly take over because they wouldn't have the technology in them to <laughs> to take over them. But I guess that's fine. Like again, logic. But yeah, no, I thought the submarine sequence was was done very well, and it was kind of done around the same time in the film that Jason Statham was having his like brilliant John Woo esque shootout on the plane where he was kicking the baby over here and over there. Yes, and uh, it, that scene was like so well choreographed and also very very funny because Statham's just acting off a baby. And asking, like, was, was it, did you poo? Or did that guy have to shoot poo? <laughs> uh, it was done so well. And then Charlie's trying but to... The baby, was, the baby reacting to him was was a bit strange. The... <laughs> there, was no need, there was no need for that, was there? It was more... It was... It was... <laughs> this is a comedy beat. Yeah. Yeah, it was... This is supposed to be true movies. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Gary, you find the most real, unrealistic part of it for you was whenever the baby gave real genuine reactions to Jason Baby. Or Jason Baby! Jason Baby. Jason Baby to him. Jason I loved, I loved, uh, in that scene, I was kind of hoping, it felt like a wee bit of a missed opportunity, the music that the baby, that Baby Dawn was listening to, uh, I was hoping they were going to soundtrack an amazing fight sequence with that kind of those chipmunks uh, singing along as well. But no, that, that scene um, is super. The other little element, uh, just before the nuclear submarine goes into the water, they give Ramsey her moment as a as a hacker, and it's her and Charlie Theron trying to out-hack each other. So there's just lots of fast typing, loads of amazing one-liners. Yeah, it's like, like oh, oh, she's good. You've, you've got me now. <laughs> what about this? And then it's like fast typing. And the way that they demonstrated that their typing was really good was uh, they kept showing the propeller, and it would start to move really slowly, and then it would just stop and slow down again, and then it would go again. And then it was like, oh, you're like, oh, my God, my hacking nerves. <laughs> this is so tense. <laughs> um, but I, I did, I did uh, love that moment as well. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's a lot to enjoy in this one. It's uh, it's it's ridiculous. I do enjoy that it did keep the best action set piece f- for the end for this for that big submarine bit. Um, yeah, and when the te- when the team all gather yeah. formation to block block the flames from getting oh, to them. F- like a fireball family <laughs> where they're all like, and then the fireball just completely engulfs them all anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that that would have worked in real life, to be honest. But I, I appreciate the sentiment of it. But it was uh, that's that's not how fire works. I think it would just keep going. Probably would have probably would have killed them all. <laughs> and then you had the the other nod to Brian at the end, where baby daddy names um, his son after him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He that was lovely him, as well. Gives, gives him 
gives him the first name. Um, yeah, no, just on the the fireball thing, you forget though. Dom is the son. Don't forget his head is the son, so he's completely immune to being sure. burned in any way whatsoever. So don't forget, science comes back into it. And then Tyrese Gibson at the very end. One of the jokes that they had previously was just I thought the top ten Interpol stuff was very funny, where he's number eleven. Uh, that actually felt like no, this is this is a de- decent bit of writing and join that. But um, so yeah, that's pretty much fast eight. I think wrapped up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you see, especially at the end, there's the that the Rock and Vin Diesel are no longer shooting their scenes together. Um, mm. you can it's it's more evident in this one than any of the other ones that like all their scenes are you say your line and then the camera cuts and now you say your line, and especially at their little party at the end, the Rock isn't really in any of the scenes with anyone there uh mm. you can tell what's coming for him anyway um but yeah i thought it was i thought it was it was a fun time it's, it's a whole lot of fun guy what about you yeah i thought it was enjoyable but i i felt the last well seven and or was it seven or eight seven and eight were um very detached from the the previous ones i don't know they they felt like very different movies I know it still had elements of the family and like carrying the story over, but just felt like completely different franchise altogether. I felt anyway. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think yeah. that's a conscious decision they've been making gradually behind the scenes once they discovered they could make uh, a billion dollars yeah. uh, at the box office, essentially. <laughs> but one thing that does seem to connect them all, like at the start of every uh, new film, uh, in the notes it's like I've got music videos scene where it's basically it's like for some whatever reason the camera has dropped to like uh, like shin height and is only looking up at everybody's bums uh, as they walk around and it feels like even with the new directors and even with the more recent films in 2015, 2017 20, it's like oh you're still you're still going for that shot is this like some kind of fast and furious contractual obligation that you need to do this or are you going to do away with that? Or like, you know, so uh, that's one thing that's obviously connecting them all from start to finish anyway. Boom shots. Yeah, I mean, like it's it started from the DVD TV combos and now we're at nuclear bomb level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like there was a car meet in Salt Hill there a couple of weeks ago and re- wreaked havoc. I'm just like, they need to knit that in the bud right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows this? How this could escalate? This could be... Oh, um, okay. Listen, no, it's, no, works. come on. It's quiz time. Uh, come on. Very quickly. I won't I promise I won't read the name of the quiz this time unless What quiz? Asks. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> the, you have to be fast to answer me first because oh I'll take some so much time and you've won the quiz quiz. <laughs> okay. Uh buzzers. Okay, yeah. Um oh, um I keep thinking all of those noises you're making and words you're saying. Hi, everybody. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorted. Roy? Uh, I'll just do a clap. A clap, perfect. Okay, it's 4-3 to Rory in the series so far. Um, Gary, to let you know, if Rory wins this one, he wins the overall series and we won't have to do oh the final quiz. <laughs> so Rory's got a lot of motivation and incentive to win this. <laughs> I'm glad you asked again. Um, okay, so uh but listen you know i'll read out those questions anyway okay question number one in the fate of the furious uh quiz questions what relation in cuba this is in cuba what relation is fernando did oh Roy. cousin he's his cousin he sure is Roy one gary nil <laughs> in cuba what color 
is the card that Dom gifted. Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Dr. Nick was here. <laughs> Dr. Nick, you're up. What's the answer? Um, red. It was red, correct. Yes. Question number three. What name does Helen Mirren, Oscar winner Helen Mirren, call the God's Eye device? She gives it its own name. Rory? The devil's bumhole. It certainly is the devil's bumhole. And it's very, very funny. Um, question number four. What European city does Cypher want Dom to steal the EM? Hi, everybody. Dr. Nick? <laughs> Berlin. Berlin, it is. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's two each. Oh my nerves. This is like the hacking scene from Fast Furious. I better push the nitro now. Uh, here we go. The fifth and final question. We meet Dom's son and he names him Brian at the end. But can you remember what is the middle name that Elena has already given the baby earlier in the film? <gasps> no. Okay. Fair enough. Oh. No. Begins with the letter M. A. Or oh, Rory? Marcus! It is Marcus! Oh my God, <laughs> we've got a winner! Listen to the crowd go wild! The winner of what? <laughs> <laughs> the inaugural winner. Um, listen, we'll 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 do a, a consolation round after that. But that's everything on. Well, congratulations, Rory. Thanks. Anything you'd like to say? Do we get a prize? Uh, Can my nope. prize be not to do another one of these quizzes? <laughs> well, listen, that, that is actually your prize. You don't have to do another Fine. one. So it'll just be me and Gary playing later on. Okay, <laughs> on to the next one. <laughs> Woo! We've made it, folks. We're finally here. The final film so far. In the Fast and Furious franchise, it's Fast Ampersand Furious presents Colon Hobbs Ampersand Show, <laughs> the catchiest title of them all from 2019. Now, Rory, you've been amazing. Thanks. Yeah. At, well, winning the oh, quiz. It's only and also, okay, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not many things. It's only very specific <laughs> things. Winning the quiz, one thing. And to also giving us, the, like, the recap, mm. because your, your, your ability to remember and decipher and differentiate the different uh, Fast and Furious films is uh, just an unbelievable skill. But um, I think we'd all be more excited now to hear Gary's notes, yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind, on the final Fast and Furious film, now that you're fully, um, well, you're, you're part of the family, as we said. So go for <laughs> well, it. Thank you. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of note taken for this, but uh, okay. It started off with a Breaking Bad style intro where I had it like, you know, they, they do that nice folk song, like a happy kind of folk song playing over a, a more dark kind of slow motion action scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very Breaking Bad. They did, they did that a lot, but with kind of Mexican music. Um, my first Idris Elba movie. Is he in many, many more movies? Yeah. <laughs> I saw him on a Sky ad. <laughs> yeah, that's one of his movies. Yeah. Um, I, I love, geez, this has been just uh, an entire series of firsts because whenever, obviously, the whole thinking behind this entire uh, focus on the Fast and Furious films was the fact that you'd never seen one of those films and then we gradually discovered hadn't seen a Vin Diesel movie. Hadn't seen uh, a Dwayne Johnson, movie. The Rock movie. Hadn't seen a Scott Eastwood movie. Probably the, <laughs> the, the, the most difficult thing to believe out of all of those. Uh, and then last but not least, this is news. Idris Elba, to be fair, is on a slightly... Well, he's up there with the, the Rock level in terms of... Well, no, The Rock is still uh, pretty stratospheric. But Idris Elba is one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't he, even know that. He definitely... That's why he got asked to do the Sky ads. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Then we go into a split screen of the rock slash statum um, 
has the routine uh, at the the bar and the nightclub scenes and stuff. That I, I like that. That was very cool. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the contrast between the two. Um, the Rock again, sweating, doing another workout. Yep. Um, then oh yeah, the guy getting oh yeah, you have Statham with the the rope hanging your man over the edge, and you have the Rock. Is he he got a tattoo gun or something? That's the one. Yeah, against your man's head, and and he writes. Oh yeah, no, this was a possible quiz question. What does he write in his forehead? Great quiz question. I wonder That's will it be of one questions. of the quiz questions. It, is. it, it has to be. I wonder. It has to be specifically <laughs> question number one <laughs> in, in the quiz that's going to come up later on yes. the show. I don't know. Okay, we'll see. I won't say what it says. <laughs> then we have Ryan Reynolds. Sorry, just a reminder. I, Rory's already won all the quiz, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I can draw it or no? <laughs> can I? No, Actually, can no, I? no. Oh, no, I can't. No, it's five right. three. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, we still have to go to the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. I'm not sure is this the only Ryan Reynolds movie I've seen. <laughs> what, what other movies has he in? I feel like I've seen him in something oh, else. Deadpool? Yeah, he's no, famously Deadpool. I don't watch movies. Fair enough. Really? <laughs> I mean, he's he's been in a lot. Like it's uh, uh, He's not in this much either, so... You can't really my say cinema this is history. Like a Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> I think my cinema history is Jurassic Park. Good. No Ryan Reynolds. Adam's Family Values. Straight to the second one. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Blair Witch Project. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What else did I see? That was 1999. <laughs> That's any. Can't this remember. Millennium. I went to the cinema with with you before for some premiere, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, was it Hellboy? No. Yep. No. Maybe that, that wasn't with me anyway. I can't even remember what that was about either. <laughs> so yeah, you, well, you're right. None of those are Vin Diesel slash The Rock slash <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds films anyway. But Scott Eastwood is in one of them. Oh, anyway. <laughs> uh, I'd never forget a face like that. Oh yeah, I thought I I definitely think Statham's family are based on EastEnders characters. <laughs> Without a it's doubt. Like completely, like the mother is your one that owns the pub, the Mitchell mother. Mm. And then Statham is Phil or the other Mitchell <laughs> fella. Yeah. And the, I don't know if the Mitchells have a sister, but the girl is a Mitchell sister anyway. Like you could watch an episode of EastEnders and then turn on Hobbs and Shaw and it would blend seamlessly <laughs> together. I think they're all part of the same shared universe. Definitely. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. Another quiz question which is definitely going to come up. What was The Rock's name checking in at the airport? Oh, no, I didn't actually Isn't include that, that one. Okay. No, no, no. That would have been a good one. Oh, it was um, Mike, Mike, Mike Oxmall. Oxmall. That's the one. I have Mike Ox huge down here for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Autocorrect. Oh, yeah. The, the banter between Statham and The Rock, for me, started getting like extremely annoying. The uh, <laughs> Like... Like, like, who is it? Is it there's scenes in this movie where you're like, okay, that's aimed at a 15, 16, 17 year old. You know, there's like slight sexual tension going on there. Uh, but yet the, the banter is. Is very childish. Sorry, the, no? the sexual tension between the rock. Well, and you Jason know, like Statham? <laughs> no, the, the, uh, the rock and Statham's sister. Yes, for sure. Harry. Yes. Played by Vanessa um, Kirby, yeah. Talking about mount, mount, climbing mountains. I like that like he that. was like, if she wants to climb this mountain, 
the yeah. rank of a letter. It's like that that absolutely sounds like something the rock would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just into, because I know we said before whenever the rock was introduced in Fast Five, it kind of felt like it wasn't uh obviously our first thought all of us immediately at the same time was like this feels like more of a tommy lee jones kind of film <laughs> um but then or tommy uh, lee <laughs> or tommy lee <laughs> and then they started changing uh the rock's character so that he felt like more ah yes this is the rock that we that we know and love from the big screen um but interestingly it's really rare for the rock to have or i'm thinking even off the top of my own head uh gary i know the the extent of your rock films are the films that we've watched in the series but Rory maybe like it's rare that he has a, an out and out kind of love interest where he's romantically involved um with somebody else because he's normally there might be a flu for flirtatious lines here or yeah. um or or like in the previous film it's like oh look all the soccer moms love the rock basically but this is like oh no they've actually given him uh, a romantic interest here as well with Vanessa Kirby normally I, I feel like it's more like he was married in San Andreas. San Andre- no, that was his ex-wife. Was San Andreas? Or his ex-wife. He was married in Skyscraper. Mm. So I think it's more like he's he's a man of commitment. But seeing him actually actively flirt and kind of have a first kiss with someone seems like brand new territory. With yeah. is that like if all cards on the table? If the Rock, if your first date ever, and like you're on Tinder and you went on a date and it, that was who you met. And in a restaurant or in a bar, would you not be like, holy mother of God? Like, <laughs> how do I, how does that first date go? So I do understand it must be a bit of a a challenge to find an appropriate partner for him on screen that doesn't just look like he might demolish them by accident. Yeah. Um, poor Vanessa Kirby, my God. But like, <laughs> she, uh, like, she does almost kick his ass at the start of the film when she like knocks him around with the bike helmet. Uh, and also a car engine, I think she threw with him at one point. No, it was like a, oh, it was like a battery. A yeah, and he's battery. like, no, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But uh, but then later on, yeah, like when he catches her when they do the the truck cross, and then she sits in his lap, and there is like they're gonna kiss. They're gonna. It's, they're gonna kiss. it's interesting <laughs> seeing like new sexual tension with him because yeah, it is normally something that's previous on. Oh yes, uh, previous on screen. Yeah, gotcha. yep. Sorry. Thank you. Um, okay, <laughs> Gary, uh, can we go back to your synopsis then? Okay. Yeah, this movie was completely unrelated to Fast and Furious in general. Mostly. There was, yeah. What, there, was, there wasn't a hint of a car in it, was there? I uh, know. really, like. There was the- Jason Statham drives some big super-powered cars yeah. around the place, all right. They have that truck chase, yeah, and then but- the, the whole last scene is like five cars trying to pull down a helicopter. Yeah, but they're all five of the same car, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, you're talking... No, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It wasn't Fast and Furious fives off of me anyway. I love that you're a Fast and Furious purist now. I just don't understand how it got from from a, a car meet to Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> or Captain money. Samoa yeah, or whatever money. it is. Yeah, money is the answer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I said, yeah, it, it, it's so unrelated. It was like... Home Alone 2, Judgment Day. <laughs> <laughs> and and after watching this movie as well, I felt like um, the biggest superhero out of all nine movies is Nitrous Oxide. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't think like they wouldn't have got to where they are today without Nitrous Oxide. Without a doubt. No. A sim- simple chemical compound yeah. has saved the day. Not Vin Diesel. 
so nitrous oxide should be on hundreds of thousands, like not Vin Diesel. Give nitrous oxide the Oscar. I wonder if Millions. there has been like a, a, a bump in the uh, like the stock price of places that make nitrous Possibly. nitrous oxide off the back of these movies. Like every time one of these comes out, do they like see all their shares just rocket up? <laughs> all the nitrous oxide merchandise <laughs> like just flies off the shelves. Like all those guys at the meat in Salt Hill, uh, as you said, Gary. Like they're all there rocking their nitrous oxide like caps and t-shirts and stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's a fair point because what's that called, Rory, again, uh, Deus Ex Machina or whatever, whenever it's like every, well, I suppose that's more of the thing whenever, oh my God, there's no way out of this situation. There's no way they can win. There's no way they're going to beat the bad guy. And then suddenly just comes in out of the blue and you're like, oh yeah, okay, that thing again. And it does feel like on a mini version, not the car, um, <laughs> there's repeated use of like, oh, what's going to let them win this car so they can move on to the next stage of their adventure. And it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the button that says nitrous oxide on it that's the one there it is and this is the one as well that like introduces cybernetics like idris elba as he refers to himself as the black superman like he is becoming the terminator uh we see them actively doing surgery on him to make him more robot than man um so yeah it does all it almost like skews into like sci-fi action rather than you know dvd sales very cyberpunk (laughs) Yeah, there's there is definite definite like elements. Uh, I love that he got completely fucked to the side of a bus, and his reaction was just to get angry and throw his helmet on the ground. So annoyed. Um, <laughs> and then uh, that same scene, he so they just barely got away from him, and then they they drive off and they get out of the car, and they're like, "What are we gonna do?" And then it cuts back to Idris Elba, and he's made it all the way back to the Etienne headquarters, and he's like, "I want, I want." all the news to say that these are the bad guys. I want it all over the news. And by the time uh, Jason Statham and The Rock have turned a corner in London, their faces all over Piccadilly Circus saying that they're three of the most wanted people in the world now. As if Piccadilly Circus would show the Japanese news. <laughs> no, it has it in all <laughs> different languages. But like, uh, Idris Elba managed to, to get back from the bus crash into the headquarters Upload all that completely changed the news around the world in the amount of time that it took Jason Statham and The Rock to walk like a hundred meters in London, <laughs> which is uh, which is impressive. And then like, so do you, did you figure out who the voice of Etienne is, or do you have any indications? Because like The Rock, I think he says it to The Rock later on. It's like we have we've met before, and I'm not going to forget this, and blah blah. blah. I had one of my questions down because I, I didn't go looking um, in like IMDb or anything like that to see who might have been playing it or if it was a previous character who had been involved in the series beforehand. Mm. Um, so the, the last note that I written down was, who is the mystery voice? And as they were talking, because obviously the voice disguise changes, uh, sometimes it's deeper and then it's a little bit more, uh, it's higher pitched as well. And they just keep moving it around. But some of the time I thought like, is that Ryan Reynolds? Like, I actually thought it was Ryan Reynolds sometimes doing the mystery voice. So, uh, if you watch the end credits, uh, the voice is attributed to someone called Champ Nightingale. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, and Champ Nightingale is the pseudonym of Ryan Reynolds. Uh what? When he does stuff that he doesn't want people to know that he's done. Oh my god. So... I don't know whether like they just brought him in just to do the voice and then later because that the initial plan was for that to be uh, Keanu Reeves, 
they were going to bring him in as the big baddie for oh, wow. the Hobson Shaw movie, but it didn't, uh, again, scheduling didn't pan out. So I think they just got him in just to do the voice, and then maybe later on we'll figure out who this who this can be. Because um, I was like, could it be Hobbs's dad? Because there was a big thing about Hobbs's dad um, mm. being put in prison because he was doing all the illegal stuff. And I was like, that's a bit. That's right. Um, but I do like, it's like a little family reunion because this is directed by David Leach. Uh, he did Deadpool 2, so that's how they got Ryan Reynolds. And then The Rock had worked with... Uh, Kevin Hart on Central Intelligence and Jumanji. Uh, so it was just like, who, have, and then what's his name? Um, he was in Catastrophe with Sharon Horgan. Rob Delaney. Rob Delaney was also in Deadpool 2 with David Leach. He was one of the, the people who jumped off the back of the plane in the, in the thingy. X-Force. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, so it was just like, who's around that we can just call in who do we know? to do like a day's work and bump up the... Uh, the celebrity status of, of this movie. So uh, I, and then like, obviously Jason Salem and Idris Elba have worked together before on uh, Guy Ritchie stuff. So. Yeah. I like, like Idris. Yeah. Connections right, left and center. Um, Obviously it was amazing in the previous film, whenever Charlize Theron appears, Helen Murren appears, Kurt Russell has been in it from the one before that. And then suddenly Idris Elba is here out of the blue and he just brings again, another level of like, oh no, you're, you're just an amazing actor. That charm, that charisma, even his first introduction when he walks into that scene, they're like, who the hell are you? It's like, mm, bad guy. <laughs> and you're like, yes, <laughs> this is going to be amazing. M-I-6. Whoa, whoa, I'm a fan. Fantastic job, and I think you look amazing in your matching outfits. Who the hell are you? Bad guy. Get on the ground, now! Rory, you actually, um, you just make it your life's business. I know you've chatted to Jason Statham, hmm. uh, you've chatted to Scott East. Would you just make it your business to chat to handsome people? That's why you're talking to Gary here today uh, as well, of course. But um, you also, for this film, uh, had a chance to speak to Idris Elba, the best bad guy of all. Yeah, uh, he is. I, I remember telling him where, where it was like, I work for Joe.E. He's like, oh, hey, Idris Elba. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just, you know, when you meet someone and you think, I, I have a, an idea of what they must be like in real life. Uh, and then you meet them and they're not like that at all. That is not the case with Idris Elba. Idris Elba is exactly the person you think he is going to be. He, he, I've now in hindsight having having interviewed him more than once I'm like I don't think I've ever seen him acting anything I think he's just being <laughs> Idris Elba in everything uh, just like the most laid back and cool dude imaginable makes me sick so handsome all these people can go to hell <laughs> <laughs> well, um, while Rory curses uh, Idris Elba and his amazing handsomeness in his career, uh, here is the man himself uh, talking about just how much fun it is to be a bad guy in a film like this. Yes, this bad guy's very serious. He doesn't have much fun. He's a bit part of robot tick. Uh, I'm not talking about my performance. I'm, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, uh, you know, he's a bit of a, a half man, half machine. <clears throat> and, uh, you know... Yes, bad guys have 
the better lines and sort of a lot more sort of thought is put into bad guys only because writers tend to want to uh, you know say bad shit all the time <laughs> yeah. you know there's, yep. there's angry people at computers just like fuck it and so the right bad guys get good characters my character here is very sort of like you know he's got one focus at the moment Idris Elba chatting to Rory there. Congratulations, Rory, on that life goal. Yeah, I'm getting a real uh, handsome man bingo card thing going on. <laughs> so uh, just one or two more to go. Then it's full house. <laughs> and then you're done. And I'm done. Uh, Guy, we're approaching the end of the Fast and Furious films now. Uh, any any final notes there just on Hobbs and Shaw before we wrap this one up? I just have one more note here, and it's, uh, what the fuck was that all about? (laughs) (laughs) Specifically Hobbs and Shaw, or the last four episodes Um, of TBR Spotlight, or all the films together? (laughs) Cinema in general? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Specifically Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's a bit of a a loud, manic, there's a lot going on, it's busy. Yeah. Like going down the the change in the entire type of film that they're making to now we're making body action comedy films and you're like okay because I think was Shane Black originally he was yeah slated or potentially like in as a writer and possibly director as well um so you, you definitely see what they were going for there um and then you also feel like yeah less Vin Diesel in this obviously he's not in but less influence and way more The Rock especially with the entire Samoan storyline of like. Which, again, they had the hacker in the previous film, but now this is like, no, back to him, his family. He's like, forget your family. This is my family now. His his mother in this? His mommy? Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember now. It's either six days younger or six days older than he is in real life. What? Holy <laughs> moly. <laughs> like, does he actually... And uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, says a line like that right at the start whenever he's first introduced and he comes and sees uh, The Rock and his daughter in the in the diner. And he's like, you just don't age. And it's like, it's true. The Rock just doesn't age ever. What age is The Rock? That's a good question. 80, I'm going to Google that right 84, now. 84. 84. Wait, it might be one of the quiz questions. It's not. It's, it's not. <laughs> He'll be 50 uh, this year. Oh, right. I actually thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. What okay, age is she? Vanessa Kirby, she's in her in her thirties, I think, early thirties. And then his mommy, the, or okay. the lady playing his mommy, is pretty much she's going to be fifty this year as well. Maybe they'll have a joint birthday, <laughs> yeah. um, a big party in Samoa. <laughs> Congratulations uh, to both of you. So, in terms of uh, the end of this film, we have this the old traditions versus the new technology and uh, amazing three-way fight mm. between where where uh Shaw and Hobbs or Hobbs and Shaw whatever way you want to go have this revelation is like Shobbs. Wait, wait, yeah, Shobbs, <laughs> wait a second if we work together we can win this fight um really enjoyed Idris Elba's death just being decommissioned and then just falls backwards so you do feel you say death yeah you, you say death you feel that okay is that him definitely gone now definitely gone yeah. or is this going to be well? He was half robot, don't forget. So we can bring him back from the dead for a future uh, installment potentially as well. Yeah, and then the voice—I uh, guess Ryan Reynolds' voice. voice—is on the helicopter, and he's like, "Hey, you two are pretty cool, but you also, you know, you're on my radar, so you better watch out because if Hobson Shaw makes money, you better believe I'm coming back for <laughs> Hobson Shaw too." Uh, and it did; it made money. So there will be a Hobson Shaw. Too. How much did it make? 
I think it was up around 700 million. It wasn't as high as Fast 7 or 8. 7 still has the most, as far as I remember. And then 8 is right behind it. I think, did I read, Is it maybe it is number 7 or number 8. Well, if 7 has the most, then it would be this one. Something like, it's the 19th biggest grossing film of all time. Like, all yeah. time, which is just uh, bonkers. And then, obviously, the whole Fast and Furious uh, franchise, the saga, is worth billions and billions and billions. And no doubt, well, because we're, we're going to get on to uh, just the future of the Fast and Furious saga. But, last but not least, I know it's done and dusted. Jesus. You don't need to play it. You don't need to do the buzzers. Right. But just to rattle through the questions for... Yeah. The, you have to be fast with your answer. You'll be furious because the other person got in there before you. And I looked, they've won the quiz. Quiz. Question one was, what tattoo does Hobbs give the gangster in the parlor? It was, of course, I heart cops, as Gary had said. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of the virus, the global pandemic virus that was threatening to be uh, loosed upon the world? E17. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. And, and their other name uh, in brackets after it was Snowflake. Oh, I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah. The snowflake virus. It is. It is uh, the Idris exact ha- same plot as Mission Impossible Two. I will just point that out. Oh yeah, the rabbit's foot one. No, two or whatever. With, with Sandy Newton, where she injects herself with the killer virus, and then What's Tom the Cruise. One, number three. That was three. Yeah. Uh, that was three. Sandy right. Newton injects herself with a killer virus, and then Tom Cruise oh, has to yes. get it back out of her before it kills her and everyone in the world. So it's just the exact same plot. <laughs> exactly the same. Uh, question number three was Idris Elba calls himself by which superhero name? The Black What? Roy, you already mentioned that one. Oh. Superman. Superman? Yes. The original That's line the was they wanted him to say, I'm Black James Bond, but he, he wouldn't say it. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, Superman's a better line because then better. The Rock gets to come back whenever they're fighting and he goes, Here comes the kryptonite. Much better. <laughs> As well. And perform yeah, what would he have said for it. James Bond? What <laughs> yeah. would his line have been for that? Uh, Here comes liver, like, disease. <laughs> <laughs> all your booze. Um, and then question number four. Instead of a wooden spoon, what does Hobbs's <laughs> mammy use to hit her son? Her flip-flop. Yeah, it's her slipper, like her flip-flop. Whatever she was wearing on her feet at the time. Her six-day-older uh, six mammy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the last question. She's a scientific miracle um the last question last but not least is how many fast and furious films have we watched so far gary is this a trick question though no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a valid question nine nine is the correct answer 100 <laughs> percent. you've survived all nine uh we know the trailer is out there for the brand new one uh rory when can we what, what's the plans with that that's coming out in cinemas very soon hopefully yes uh, the goal is i think it's june 25th over here now so it's coming out a few weeks earlier than was originally intended thankfully because cinemas will be safely reopened for anyone who wants to go back and see fast and furious 9 december whenever it arrives or does it have to be me from day first day front row can't wait gary you coming <laughs> gary's coming uh, I'm washing my hair that day. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we know John Cena is in it, and he he is uh, Dom's brother, and he they hate each other. Now we are nine films in, and no one mentioned a previous existing extra brother in the Toretto family, especially with all that talk about family. Yeah, you would have thought such a family focused film would have mentioned family, but here we are. Um, I'm not sure John Cena and Vin Diesel look at all alike so i wouldn't have picked them out as being the neck down it (laughs) yeah yeah um and again you can because the rock isn't in this one so it was a case of who's kind of like the rock that can fill the role of the rock and they went with another wrestler turned actor 
Uh, I've never seen a what's a John Cena movie. <laughs> well, you're in luck. Yeah. There's one <laughs> right coming. Away. You're in luck because you don't have to see it. There's one right around the corner. Um, He's just the epitome of America, isn't he? That fella. He just comes across like that to me. Yeah, I like. I've I've heard he's a like a American super jock. nice guy, no. uh, and he is. is. He? I, I like that's what I've heard. I have not met him uh, again. Allegedly, reputedly, don't sue me, John Cena. But I've heard <laughs> you're lovely. Um, Maybe he's on your handsome bingo card, is he? Potentially. I mean, we'll see. Uh, Very possible. Charlie's Theron is back. <laughs> Helen Mirren's back. Han is back. Jordana Brewster's back. Everyone. Sorry, what? Han is back. Han's back. The dead Han. How? How is he back? Dad, we haven't seen the film, mate. <laughs> Don't ask questions. We'll find out together. Is this now like Tokyo Drift 2 or something? Uh, I guess we'll have to see. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to how they're going to retroactively... Like they did it with Michelle Rodriguez. So... Yeah. And it would, again, yeah. it would kind of defang Jason Statham's turn from being the bad guy who killed Han if it turned out he actually didn't kill Han didn't kill him um and he come back like two-faced or something like that it looks yeah maybe he's a zombie we've had zombie cars so maybe it's zombie <laughs> hand he looks fine in the in the trailer he looks unharmed he looks exactly the same as when we've seen him last <laughs> he doesn't age either so i like i'm excited like considering the um the, the penchant that these movies have for bringing characters that you think are gone back like out of i've two questions one of them is out of the nine films we've seen now, who from mm. a previous film would you like to see come back that hasn't like been back like consistently? Like my immediate answer, the first person that pops into my head, just because I think he's so dopey, is Boswell. But I'm so happy that he is coming back in Fast Nine because I wasn't aware of that until you had mentioned it. Um, so yeah, I just can't wait to see what he does because I just think he's he's like a, a beautiful <laughs> idiot. <laughs> like yeah, the more the merrier. Happy days. Gary, anyone you're you're anyone who's like stuck out over the course of the years we've been doing this podcast that you'd like to see come back? <laughs> Out of any movie or just <laughs> specifically these nine, yeah. The Blair Witch Project, one of the three other films you've seen. Adam's the Witch from the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> the dinosaur. Um uh, What was your man? Vince. Oh Vince, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the very first one and then he yeah, came back in Rio. But he he, he, he actually died in the fifth one, so that would be quite the. <laughs> we seen him bleed out in the car after he got shot in the belly. Yeah, but sure, that didn't stop him before. No. <laughs> <laughs> All of this he'll is just, true. He'll come back with some sort of nitrous nitro blood or something. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rory? Did you have anybody spring to mind? Yeah, I want even Mendes to come back. That would be great, and they've definitely they've obviously hinted that she is there. DSS working behind the scenes as well. So I was going to say Gal Gadot, but I think uh, I changed my answer after. I'm nah, going to change it to Eva Mendes for that one. What's your favorite and your least favorite of the nine? Of the whole film, of all nine of them franchise, yeah. Um, I really loved it. I loved it. That's your favorite. I think it's maybe between seven and eight. Oh, God. Seven has my favorite stunt with the thing. But overall, I think... Oh, no. I'm going to... No, I'm going to... Oh, no. I'm going to go eight. Eight is my favorite. And then the least favorite is still too fast, too furious. Gary? Definitely not eight. Definitely not the last few. Right. I would say maybe... Was it six or five? 
they, they were both remember. in there. But five was five was Brazil with the, five was with Rio. the bank, and then six was the tank and the uh, plane at the end in London. Oh, so. uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, is it possible to not have a favorite? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's very hard. That's like, I don't know, getting a bowl of fucking. I don't know. <laughs> a bowl of Brussels sprouts and saying pick your favorite one. Here. <laughs> do you have a least? Do you uh, have a least favorite one? Uh, again, <laughs> there is a lot of least favorite ones. I thought that last one was absolutely ridiculous. Hobson Shaw. Hobson I mean, Shaw. I can see the effort put into it, but it's not Fast and Furious. It's like a completely different movie altogether. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't I know. We, two, three. I think we might have broken Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Very possibly, it sounds like it. Um, I will thank you in a wee second, Gary, because you do des- deserve special thanks. But thank you to everybody else who's uh, been listening and joining us on the Fast and Furious road trip. Uh, as I said, we delighted you wanted to come into the past and curiously hmm. look at all the films like we did, because we we did it all for you. We do everything for you. Uh, Rory. Thank you for everything along the way, Thank as ever. Yep. Uh, yep. Are you okay? Any final thoughts or? Yeah, <laughs> just a big sigh. No, like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to because uh, Fast Ten is coming out in two years, so we get to do this all again <laughs> all over with again. Fast Nine uh, as part of the retrospective, and then Fast Eleven is two years after that, which means we get to do it all again. And then there's Hobbs and Shaw two, and then there's the all female Fast and Furious spinoff. So every time there's one of these. Gary, I'm gonna make sure <clears throat> we we watch them all again uh, and just see how your opinion changes over time. If it comes uh, like Stockholm syndrome, and you just learn to love them. No, uh, I, I I thought you would have grasped that after eight of them. <laughs> I've, I've got the hang of, of it now. Can't even remember. Uh, but listen, Gary, a massive thank you from Rory. Well, Rory, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but from the two of us, because um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you join us uh, on this particular series of, of TBR Spotlight. So um, you made it. Congratulations. Thanks. And you've really um, helped me appreciate time outside of work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and what, what difference two hours can make to an evening, do you know, when you're when you want to unwind and stuff mm. uh, and get out of the house for a bit, it doesn't happen when Fast and Furious is on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so thanks. Thanks for making me appreciate life. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's no higher compliment, really. So you're very, very welcome. Um, thank you, uh, as ever, to Sound Paul on Sound and everybody who's listening. Um, if you want to subscribe to the show, there's always more room. Uh, in the big review ski family it's just like dom just added john cena to his family so we can add more and more people to ours as well um roy we're going to be back uh very soon for a brand new series of tbr spotlight this time we're going to be focusing on what loki uh we we probably will do uh actually it will be it's very soon <laughs> so yeah the first episode of loki lands wednesday so like f- just a few days from now so we actually won't have time to sleep between now and then it's just a matter of watching loki and then recording the next episode um so yeah so that'll be exciting uh six episodes of that uh and then we'll see what like if people have like because we did fast uh, falcon and winter soldier and then we did fast and furious and now we're doing loki if people have any suggestions of series 
of our series of movies that you'd like us to cover, tweet us at Big Reviews here. If you see us in the street, don't talk to me. But you can ask Owen, um, <laughs> and he'll he'll forward your uh, recommendations to me. I'll I'll let Rory know what you said. Uh, oh, by the way, Gary, don't worry. Uh, you don't have to do any of those other ones. I was starting like, to sweat you, there. You're, you're, <laughs> like the rock doing paperwork. Uh, you're off the hook. Well, listen, uh, Gary, bye-bye. Uh, Rory, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. See you later. And uh, everybody, we've come a long way from where we began. Oh. I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. <gasps> you're going to make us cry again. It's never goodbye. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again.